Are you curious about the unknown, the unexplainable? Do you find yourself intrigued by the mysterious and paranormal side of our world? Join us on an adventure into the world of inexplicable discoveries and investigations that may someday give us a final answer as to what may be behind a veil of reality. Then it's time to turn your pods up because we're live to tape from the mountains of West Virginia. It's time once again for Let's Find Out with co-host Diego. The universe is waiting for you. <laughs> Live to tape from the mountains of West Virginia, it's another episode of Let's Find Out with co-host Diego. Thank you for taking this journey with me on this episode of Let's Find Out. Stretching back from his childhood right through his adult life, our guest has had experiences with the paranormal, alien abductions to encountering strange and mystical beings. He will give us a look into his life with his new book, High Strangeness, A Lifetime of Alien and Paranormal Encounters. Please welcome to Let's Find Out, UFO and Paranormal Witness, author Michael Cameron. Michael, my friend, thank you for coming on the show to share this haunting story with us. Thank you, Diego, for having me on. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, and I think my introduction doesn't even do any justice to the lifetime of experience that you have and what your book brings to the readers. Let's get right to it. Well, we're talking about an early age because I've talked to the listeners and progress before this. And I've said my experience has started, at least in paranormal, never a UFO one from the age of three onward. How young were you when you first started having these experiences? Well, I grew up in a house that was um, was haunted, you know, so it was a, a lot of poltergeist activity. So uh, when, you know, I was born premature, I was an unexpected child. And when I was brought back from, you know, the hospital, what would then be my home, childhood home. So uh, there was encounters occurring around me, even when I was in the crib, um, you know, from eyewitness accounts from my family there was balls of light flying over and around my cot there was strange entities that were seeing standing over looking down at me you know um so it started i guess from there but from me as as a child i would say from around the you know the ages of four uh, onwards really it may have been even younger than that i just don't remember that the i remember mostly from four years and it's possibly definitely happened probably as soon as you came out because I, with me at least, it I remember at a very young age, it could have been younger than three, but you know, sometimes we don't have those kind of memories. Our, yeah. our family members might, but I'm trying to get too ahead of myself. So right where, where you were born, did your family have any experiences prior to you having experiences? Yeah, I believe my mom was an abductee. Um, and also my dad had, you know, my dad was, he was a flight engineer in the Royal Air Force during World War Two. Um, and um, my mum was, you know, she worked in the munitions factories building Lancaster bomber aircraft during the war. But um, and but yeah, both of them did have uh, these type of experiences, uh, but they didn't really talk about them because they both, you know, they were both strict Roman Catholics. Um, and um, I don't really think they understood what they were. Wow. And in that time, I pretty much guessing you and I were pretty close in age. We grew up in the same times. Yeah. It wasn't as fashionable to tell people these stories 
especially not to the media or in the magazines, unless there was a lot of underground magazines that were discussing these type of topics. But but you would hear, at least in the privacy of your own homes with the family members were actually telling you these stories. And um, at least in my part, you know, it's been very active. Did you also have that type of things in a, in a private setting? Because back then, like I said, you didn't really go in public. No, my, I mean, my family, you know, they were very secretive. But I think, you know, at one time when I was writing my book, for example, I did think, oh, you know, that was strange. But when you look at the times and just after the Second World War, I think a lot of people back in them times were secretive. They kept things to themselves. It was just part of how they were, you know, how they dealt with things during those, uh, you know, the war times. But, um, you know, it wasn't until much later on that, you know, my dad every now and again, he would tell me things or my mum might say something to me. But mostly they wasn't that open about speaking about it. If anything, they would, they would speak to two of my older brothers that are mentioned in the book, Francis and Kevin, who are, as I explained in my book, they were a lot older than me and Sean. Me and Sean are basically, you know, around, he's, I'm the youngest and Sean's two years older than me, but Francis and Kevin were a lot older than us. You know, when we were still at junior school, they'd already left and gone out to, you know, to work. So there's a big age difference. And speaking of your book, and I know that the process of making a book is not very easy. I think it's, it can be very difficult. As you were writing down the notes <laughs> and then started typing the book up, did you start recollecting more and more stories that you've forgotten about? And you were like, oh my God, you know, this is what happened. Did you put that in the book or is this something? There was a lot. It, it, it was quite difficult to write the book. I mean, I always knew for, for for quite a long time that I would write a book. I just didn't know when. Um, and, you know, sometimes I went to write it and the time wasn't right. But, but the book was quite difficult for me to write because, you know, I have a complex PTSD. Um, and as a result of the experiences I had as a child and teenager, um, you know, and uh, so it's difficult to re you're reliving it again. It's not like you're writing a book and you're writing about other people's experiences. It's very personal. Right. And, and so there's a lot of trauma coming up when you're reliving those experiences. But again, it's very therapeutic. It's very healing. And, you know, there's lots of, you know, the book that I've written, it's not just about the um, alien abduction. It's not just about the paranormal. It incorporates as well the experiences I had with my family, with my dad. And, you know, it's very personal in that way as well. So, uh, and the experiences I underwent with my family as well. And, it, it, you know, it's brought up a lot. It brought up a lot of emotional, um, you know, um, experiences with that in that way. So it, it was deeply, it was deeply, um, you know, it, it was quite hard going sometimes. You know, there was a lot of a lot of blood and a lot of tears, really. But you know, it's. But I think that's you know some of the best stories come from that that process. Right, and you were talking about, I'll call it like emotional scars based upon your experiences with the alien abduction. What about the physical? Um, has did anything change in your body? Uh, did you start having any sort of um, negative health effects from these um, abductions? Yeah, so like you, you know, because you have complex PTSD, it's the trauma. So, and it's also the, to do with the fragmented memories. The trauma comes from. So it's um, 
it's not just the emotional and the psychological it does you do have physical effects as well that come up in your body you know you have headaches you have backache you have stomach problems you know it's you and again you have the, the panic attacks um you know you have the flashbacks the nightmares so there's and and also phobias that come from this you know it, it's like um you know for me i i can't never turn my light off when I sleep, I have to keep it on all the time. And, and that in itself is a problem because even though you have your eyes closed, you can still see the light through your eyelids. And so that can cause problems in regards to how you sleep. It causes a lot of fatigue um, and, you, you know, you can get tired, irritated, agitated. So there's lots of things that arise from these experiences. And we're not talking about the paranormal. We're talking about the abductions that have occurred you know and and uh, you know a lot of the time now you know i'm in my lab so i'm a military abductee um and uh, it's the experiences that come from this as well if, if you don't mind let's go over that part of the abduction what what exactly is that for those listeners that haven't heard that terminology well my lab means military abductee so it's um in a way being used on secret military projects and again, you know, this is an area that I'm still exploring. There's a lot of fragmented memories uh, with this. Um, and, you know, for a long time, I've been alone with it. I've, I've not had the opportunity to mix with other my labs. It's only now that I'm actually beginning to do this. And in a way, that's helpful because, you know, you're, um, you, you know, you're sharing memories and you might be able to help each other in some ways. I might know something, they might know something we might be able to get a bigger picture. And it's also to do with a lot of research into it. I'm still exploring that aspect to myself, but I'm also, you know, undergoing the um, the trauma from that as well. And by going through this trauma, you've had the majority of your life. Who, who do you talk to about this, especially on the physical part? Because I, I don't think that there's something you can just go to a doctor and say, this is what happened. Can you give me an X-ray or do a physical on me? How do you go about helping that situation, at least the physical part? For for the majority of my life, it's I've been I've been on my own with it. There's no one to talk to, you know. I, I mean, when I was a child, the only people I had around me that I could talk to were, you know, I would say a, a doctor or a, or the priests that were around me, you know. But um, the priests wanted to put send you to hell, <laughs> and the the doctors wanted to put you under the mental health act and section you under the mental health act and as i explained in my book for something which wasn't to do with alien abduction at the time it was to do with a sighting of my dad who passed and i had an encounter as well outside of the body which was similar to an nde and uh, near-death experience but it wasn't that you know the rainbow of light you know that is quite common with the ndes and i saw my dad and i explained this to my doctor and he wanted to put me under the mental health act and section me but it's only because my mum intervened that he, he, she stopped that. Wow. And and it, it, what? And, but as I explained in my book, what if I would have said to him, "Well, you know what? I'm having abductions by non-human entities." You know, he, he would have thrown away the key. Um, so it, in them times, it was difficult. You know, we didn't have social media back then. Um, so you know, there was hardly any. There was no one really you could turn to. Even now, I mean, I didn't start to explore this side of myself until the late 1990s. So, uh, and even then, there was hardly any literature around. There was really no one to talk to. 
Um, and, you know, throughout my life, I've been alone with it. It's been very difficult. Um, and, and it's also you have trust issues. You know, who can you trust? You know, um, uh, you know, and like uh, many of us in these communities that have had these experiences, you know, you've undergone a lot of when you have uh, decided to tell people a lot of ridicule. Um, so, oh, yeah, I don't you know. I understand that completely. And not to cut you off, because we're talking about you're finally now into your adult life and you actually written the book. You're in social media. You finally came out with this story. How has anybody reached out to you who's also had experiences and, and had a chat with you about it or try to give you maybe a little bit of, a, I don't know, suggestions or anything like that as far as what you can do? I do, you know, I, I, I've done a lot of work on myself now, you know, it's, you know, and, and you do, this is how you get through it. But um, I, I, I do have people, a few people that I can talk to. Um, but, you know, I'm coming again more and more into contact with the, the MyLab stuff now, really. So I think that will be going forward. That's the next stage for me to explore this side of myself and try to get some clearer memories and, and answers to, you know, a lot of the stuff, some sort of closure with it. Now, if you don't mind me asking, because I hate to ask this question, but I'm, I'm going to anyway, you can stop me. Aside from the military part of this about how many times do you think you've actually been abducted through your life? I don't know, really. Um, I had, you know, I had a lot of abductions when I was four, you know, they carried on into my teenage years, a young, as a young adult. Um, and you know, I have, I do have some still to this day, but they're not as many as, as they were. I, I can't really put a figure on it, but it's been quite a lot. And, you know, there were times when it seemed like the abductions were much more um, serious in their content than other times. So, but, you, you know, now it, it seems to be, uh, it's changed somewhat. There's a slowing down of, of the actual abductions by the greys by these particular, you know, entities or beings that I've had contact with. Um, it's moving more, again, to do with, you know, I guess like um, technology being used against you and and um, and military, really. Anything to do with the military, you know, I, I would describe myself as a, a MyLab that is used as a spy um, outside of the body on these particular programs. Wow, because you actually, I was going to ask um, the Greys, as you were speaking, I was thinking, well, what did you, what did you see? Because I know you mentioned the Greys. What else did you see? Anything? Do you see inside of a, were you inside of a ship? Was it in a terrestrial, here on Earth in a hospital? Like, I, what I'm thinking is maybe it's something that maybe the military and the extraterrestrials are both maybe conducting these experiments on you, have some sort of working agreement. Well, in my book, I do describe what I'm called um, the surveillance booth, uh, which is basically one where I describe being taken to a place by my dad. Um, you know, it's in the winter months. Um, and I, I, what I remember of it from my book, what I've described in my book is being at the back of what looks like a, a, an old Victorian type building because of the brickwork and the staircase leading up to a door at the top and when I go into the door I go into you know um, into another room 
and what I believe is my dad is behind me. When I go into this room, I turn around and the door's locked from the outside and I'm in the room on my own, you know, which is quite terrifying. I'm only, you know, I would be at a, an age just below the age of 10. And when I'm in the room, it's the only thing in the room, the room's white. There's a, a table there which is bolted to the floor with a chair which which is similar in colour um, and design bolted to the floor. And just behind where I would sit down, I'd have my back to what would be like a booth um, protruding out from the, the wall and the ceiling. And it's got black glass on it. You know, back then it's, it, you know, it would probably be a surveillance, you know, room. And when I sat in the chair, it was only a few minutes would pass, I guess. And I, I found myself outside of my body. I didn't know what it was at the time, but I could see myself sitting down and I was sit standing. So then I moved up towards the booth where, or where the glass was, and I was able to move through it. And when I moved through it, I could see on the left-hand side of where I was, there was a, a man looking at some screens he had a white lab coat on there was a, a lady there with long dark hair and glasses with a, a white lab coat on looking at what would be a um a clipboard and ticking something off of this and then on the other side of her on the right hand side was my dad who sat down on this chair and then the only thing i remember then is i was back at home it, it was night time and i was in bed and i have no memory of what happened there or how i got back into you know my bedroom so th this was obviously a military facility of some sort i mean at the time I, d I wasn't sure what it was but later on after i wrote my book i did have some flashbacks which actually brought me back to this particular time but showed me a little bit more and it did show me it was a military facility i'm not sure where it was i, I mean my speculation was it could have been tavistock in london you know which is a, a psychological warfare center um, which normally carries out, um, you know, activities against the general public. And how does your part of the world, because I pretty much know how in the United States here, how they handle information with disclosure and UFOs, even with paranormal, um, they can take it with a grain of salt. You, you know, they can give you information or to be disinformation at the same time. But how is the subject of, UFOs, UAPs handled over there in the UK? I think it's just, you know, I think there's a lot more work to be done in the UK. Um, you know, we're moving in a, in a steady pace. Um, but uh, I think it's still, you know, for instance, with alien abductees, I don't think there's enough information in regards to this subject. I mean, we, we you know, we don't have people we can go to, as far as I know here, that are, you know, for support groups. We don't have anything to do with aggression hardly now. Um, they don't hardly do it, you know. So it's difficult if if you had an abductee and they wanted to go to somebody to have aggression. That is, is, you know, I think pretty sure under the British um, Hypnotic Association, you know, it, it, they don't um, generally believe in that now. You know, you often find it's to do with past life experiences and things of this sort. You know, I was even warned recently that if I tried to do that, I should be careful, you know, and because they don't agree with that. So, so it, it, I think there's a lot more work to be done in the UK with this. There's a lot more available in the United States. 
Um, you know, but we have got a lot of good researchers working towards, uh, you know, I guess trying to get disclosure or get answers. Yeah, because you know, at least here in the United States, it's it's more part of our culture now than anything mm. else. Same, you know, same thing with paranormal and cryptids. But I've slowly seen a rise in paranormal research groups in the UK lately, and it kind of seems like it's now catching up with the rest of us. Not that you were behind, but I think it's maybe it's easier now to digest that information than it was before. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, we got really good people here. I mean, we've got my publisher, you know, Philip Mantle. He's been doing it like for decades. Um, you know, you've got Paul Sinclair, who done the forward for my book. Um, Malcolm Robinson, you know, you got the Kinsilla twins, Philip and Ronald Kinsilla. So, you know, these are really, you know, good investigators. You know, um, you got Colin Keatley, who's a, you know, cryptic, you know, Bigfoot and dogman hunter, <laughs> investigative on the grounds researcher, you know. So you got people out there that are trying to get, you know, this information out. And, you know, as we know now, these different types of subjects, the paranormal alien abduction, you know, even my labs and targeted individuals and, you know, the cryptozoology, it's all part of the same phenomena. It's not separated as once we first thought, you know, we were putting in putting these types of um, encounters into different boxes. But we now know it's all interconnected in some way. I agree. A hundred percent of this all has to do with each other. Uh, definitely interconnected. And I know we spent a lot of times talking about the extraterrestrial uh, portion of, of your book, but let's, we only touched on the paranormal part because you mentioned earlier on the episode that you had a, an experience with a poltergeist and orbs. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah. That's um, around when I was a, a baby in the cot. Anything after that? Because it seems mostly that it, you are being, I want to use the word targeted, not as a, disrespectful way but maybe you tagged for i guess for a lifetime of observation by extraterrestrials but you know it works a little bit different with the paranormal aspect of it i think yeah i mean you know as a, when i was a child i was a very sensitive child as well you know i was there was times when i was able to move objects i was i was able to do telekinesis and this was tested um, um within the medical community you know professions i i don't know the outcome of that i was too young um, and my parents never mentioned it. All I know is that I actually went to some place and I was tested for psychic abilities. Um, and this was in the, for what would be the, you know, the National Health Service in the UK. Um, so there was obviously somebody interested in those type of abilities that I had. But where that information went, I don't know. Um, I have tried to access my medical records, but I've, I've not at the moment been successful. It might be that they've destroyed them going right back at them times you know because here there's a the freedom of information act where you can actually request these items or information is there something similar in the uk i think that, yeah there is um but it, it all depends i think on how far that goes back i think that up to a certain point they keep some and destroy the others but but i believe it's probably retained somewhere but we just not allowed to have or see it um, you know, I'm still trying to do that because it would be interesting to see what would be on those records from the time when I was an infant or, you know, a, a young child. Right. And it could be one of those cases to where 
this information just like when they when they have retrieval from ships that crash on earth to try to maybe study it and do a little more of i guess reverse engineer the information if that's possible but at least technology mm. sure so which brings us to where can the listeners of let's find out find out more about your book and where can they purchase it yeah my book's available on amazon in um it's in soft cover art cover um it's on uh, kindle and audio book um if anyone wants to contact me they can find me on facebook under michael cameron that's with a k for cameron um and if you want to reach out to me or speak to me i'm available i'd never turn anyone away um, um and you know always there for if anyone wants to talk about anything great you know that's a that's a beautiful thing that you said and you said it was uh, published by flying disc press correct that's right yeah philip mantle the man himself <laughs> no i heard great things about him especially from jesse it's been a pleasure having you on the show it's uh just doing a half hour doesn't do justice to your lifetime of stories but it's also perfect so that way the listeners can go ahead and uh, download and read your book. So, sure. my friend, thank you for coming on. Let's find out. And if you, you do, and I know you just came out with the book not too long ago. If you decide to publish another book, I would love to have you back and then discuss further more about your life, what's been going on from now till then. I'm actually writing number two now. Um, oh, and I'm, okay. Yeah, that's the follow on. Um, uh, that one will probably have a trigger warning on it. Um, I'm writing also, uh, I'm going to be writing a book free, which um, centers around people on the spectrum that are, have, are very much um, have these type of experiences. I think there's a connection with people that are autistic and have ADHD, however, uh, more so than people that are neuro, uh, you know, uh, typical, um, you know, outside of the spectrum. There seems to be, uh, I think, from people that I've met, there's a, a huge amount of people that seem to have these, you know, a neurodiverse, uh, they're on the spectrum that are either uh, alien abductees or very, you know, have their encounters with the UAPs or or, or, or other aspects of the paranormal. So they, I, I think there's a link somewhere in that. Yes, and hopefully with all of us working together, we can actually find an answer to why these things are happening. And hopefully you can find some answer yourself, my friends. But again, thank sure. you for coming on. Let's find out with me, co-host Diego. And uh, definitely when that second book comes out, let me know, man. I'll have you right back on. Lovely. Yeah, thank you for that. Thank you, my friend. This has been another excellent episode of Let's Find Out with co-host Diego. Please check us out on Spotify, Audible, and all our social media pages. We're on YouTube and also on Rumble. Thank you for taking this journey with me. Until next time, my friends. Thank you for listening to Let's Find Out with co-host Diego. We're on Spotify, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Pocket Casts, and on Anchor. For more information about Let's Find Out with co-host Diego, please visit us on facebook.com forward slash co-host Diego, on Twitter at co-host underscore Diego, and on Instagram as co-host Diego. Copyright co-host Diego. All content for Let's Find Out is the property of co-host Diego and is served directly from our servers with no modification, redirects, or rehosting. All celebrity impersonators are paid performers.
The impersonated celebrities do not endorse or promote any views or opinions expressed by our guests, co-host Diego, or Let's Find Out. The information shared on Let's Find Out is provided on an as-is basis with no guarantees of completeness, accuracy, usefulness, or timeliness.